Hello and welcome to LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today AADNS Curriculum Development Specialist Alexis Rome will talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and important information for long-term care and post-acute care facilities. Thank you, Rebecca. First, we at AADNS want to express our gratitude to you. The stories and pictures being shared from nursing homes across the country, showing you are keeping the residents safe, but also loved and cared for, shows how dedicated LTPAC is. In all sincerity and appreciation, we thank you. The COVID-19 pandemic requires agility and flexibility to transform operations, sometimes in less than a day, because new information is being generated so quickly. I wanna highlight some of the information that is impacting operations and provide some clarity regarding the guidance from the CDC and CMS. On March 23rd, CMS issued a QSO memo detailing prioritization of survey activities, along with a new tool surveyors will use to conduct the infection control focus surveys. Only three types of surveys will be conducted during a three-week time frame, which began March 13th. Please note that as the situation with COVID-19 changes daily, CMS may announce this time frame is extended, so it's important to have a point person who is monitoring communication from CMS and the CDC daily. Surveys will include complaint and fries or facility reported incidents that are triaged at the IJ level. A streamlined infection control review will be conducted during the survey, regardless of the nature of the complaint being investigated. The second survey will be a focused infection control survey. Providers will be selected for this survey by the state survey agency, the CDC, and the HHS Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response and the initial certification surveys will continue to be authorized with current guidance and prioritization. CMS provided the new tool surveyors will use during these surveys, and it's titled, The COVID-19 Focus Survey for Nursing Homes. The QSO memo stated, we are disseminating the infection control survey developed by CMS and CDC so facilities can educate themselves on the latest practices and expectations. We expect facilities to use this new process in conjunction with the latest guidance from CDC to perform a voluntary self-assessment of their ability to prevent the transmission of COVID-19. This document may be requested by surveyors if an on-site investigation takes place. Furthermore, we remind facilities that they are required to have a system of surveillance designed to identify possible communicable diseases or infections before they can spread to other persons in the facility, and when and to whom possible incidents of communicable disease or infections should be reported. The CDC recommends that nursing homes notify their health department about residents with severe respiratory infections or a cluster of respiratory illness, for example, three or greater residents or healthcare professionals 
with new onset respiratory symptoms within 72 hours. Local and state reporting guidelines or requirements may vary. Working as a united team has never been more important than right now to combat COVID-19. You and your team can use the COVID-19 focused survey for nursing home tool to ensure that the actions you're taking meet the CDC's standards along with the expectations of CMS for infection control during the pandemic. Thank you, Alexis. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Providing ongoing access to training has been proven to improve staff engagement, satisfaction, and retention. Both AADNS and its sister association, ANAC, offer affordable staff education options, such as recorded webinars and virtual workshops. To learn more, visit www.anac.org or www.aadns-ltc.org. Welcome back. Let's continue our chat with Alexis Rome as she covers important information for long-term care and post-acute care providers about the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you, Rebecca. I wanna offer some clarity surrounding PPE. On March 17th, the CDC issued strategies for optimizing the supply of PPE. They provided a framework dividing capacity into three categories that are conventional, contingency, and crisis. Select a category that fits your situation. This will depend on a number of things, including your supply chain, surges you may experience, and individual resident cases of other infectious illnesses. For example, if you experience crisis capacity, the CDC recommends to use face masks beyond the manufactured designated shelf life. There is guidance for implementation of limited reuse of face masks and prioritization of use of face masks is also given for various activities. Please read through this guidance if you haven't already. This will allow your leadership team to plan accordingly for today, but also for what you may experience in the coming days. Look for opportunities to conserve PPE. Have very frank conversations with your staff about the use of PPE and discuss the safe ways to conserve. In addition to using the CDC's guidance for optimizing PPE, think about who in your community may have supplies that they don't need right now. Schools who provide healthcare-related education may have supplies. This includes all disciplines, not just nursing schools. Dental offices in your community may have closed for a period of time and have face masks, goggles, and gloves. Tattoo parlors use gloves and face masks and may be willing to share those as well. Hardware stores such as Harbor Freight who announced donations of gloves and masks may have gloves and other PPE they're willing to donate. Speak to the hospital you have a referral partnership with. They want you to treat people in-house as much as possible right now to keep beds available in the hospital for the sickest. Let them know about your supply of PPE and the capacity you're functioning at. 
Hospitals are working with universities and private entities to use 3D printing and laser cutting technology to make PPE. Finally, contact your local health department. Working with them right now is of paramount importance. Let them know your supply of PPE and the capacity you're functioning at. They are working with the state government to access emergency supplies of PPE. While PPE and other supplies are of critical importance, don't overlook the importance of the nursing team being prepared. Provide education or refreshers they need to manage serious respiratory conditions. Nurse leaders, if you're not already rounding, you must start. Clinical oversight is always necessary, but right now rounding has the primary purpose of infection surveillance and demonstrating to all staff what they need to be alert for. You want to detect signs as early as possible so that the clinical intervention and management can also begin as soon as possible. Infection surveillance is a current regulatory requirement, but during this pandemic, surveillance is critical. The final thing I wanna to touch on today is flexibility, creativity, and innovation. What you're facing right now is unchartered territory for the most part. Many nursing homes have a rhythm to the daily workflow and that has been totally disrupted. Residents with cognitive impairment may be particularly affected by this change. And as such, they will have behavioral expressions. There are no easy answers for this and no blanket statements anyone can make that will give you the answer. This is when you and your team must be flexible, creative, and innovative, and allow your brain to clear itself of what you've always done to see new options and possibilities to engage these residents. Bring your team together and brainstorm what can be done. I've got a few questions that I hope will prompt some brainstorming along with a few ideas. The first question, how can we use technology to engage residents? Games, videos, music, so much is available to access. A resident may take a painting class or listen to a story being read to them. They may participate in an online exercise class or church service. The second question, how can we organize our work and the staff available to make one-on-one -on -one visits or visits to residents that are cohorted together? A few weeks ago, Life Enrichment was responsible for these visits. Now we're all thinking about this and how to keep our residents connected and engaged. I saw a video of employees dancing in a hallway in front of resident doors. I'm sure the residents loved it and I'm sure the staff needed that moment of fun and joy to relieve the tremendous stress they're under right now. The third question. How can we keep our residents connected with the community outside our doors? There are many video chat options available. Letter writing to family, but also working with the local community asking for pen pals could also keep connection to community strong. I've also seen some very sweet car parades where people will slowly drive past a house or in a neighborhood singing with balloons and signs tied to their car. The fourth question. How can residents wander given we must also practice social distancing? This may be a schedule to take residents on walks outside, 
Depending on the space available, you may designate specific time and spaces as wandering spaces. Of course, social distancing and cleaning these areas must be part of the overall plan. As a side note, please work with your chemical cleaning vendor and the housekeeping team to ensure everyone knows the cleaning and disinfecting plan and who is responsible for what. I encourage you to access the Pioneer Network website at www.pioneernetwork.net and look for the ABCs of combating isolation. There are several ideas and resources to help you keep residents engaged on this website. I would also encourage you to access the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine, commonly known as AMDA. They have several resources and guidance to help you, including a document called Caring for PALTC Residents with Dementia During the COVID-19 Outbreak, and another titled Strategies for Mitigating the Emotional Impact of COVID-19. Their website is www.paltc.org. I'll turn the podcast over to Rebecca now, but before I do, thank you again for all you're doing. You are true heroes. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If the information in this podcast was informative and helpful, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. A packet is here for you during this challenging time. To get the latest coronavirus updates and essential COVID-19 resources for long-term and post-acute care, please visit the APACN website at www.aapacn.org.